places, but you need to open wide your heart to that word. So put your hand on your heart and let's pray the word of God. Thank you, Lord God, for our hearts to be open and wide, tender and pliable. As Pastor Mike brings the word, we thank you, Lord, that he brings it to hearts that are ready to receive your word. We thank you for your anointing on him, that you use him as your instrument to bring freedom, to bring faith, to bring hope, and to bring understanding. Thank you, Father, for your great and mighty anointing upon Pastor Mike, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Good to be in God's house. Good to be here to share your, the word with you. In this morning, I think the message is going to be get serious with God. You got that? All right. My craving for the move of God in power, in glory, and almightiness intensifies daily. I don't know about you, but it's growing. I don't want to be preaching an empty gospel, um, a powerless gospel. I don't want to apologize for not having the power of God. I don't want to express a powerless Christ to the world. I want one filled with power. Amen? Amen. Amen. So let me tell you what the Holy Spirit said to me. He said, you can't look to men. You've got to look to me alone. You've got to look to me alone. God may use people to, uh, to uh, help you, to stir you up, to challenge you, but, they, but people can't ever take the place of God in your life. Pursue him. With everything you have, pursue him. Wow. Uh, as I was pondering this thought, this passage in Judges came to my mind, and I was kind of stirred by it. So I want you to think about Judges, chapter 6 for a minute. In this, this chapter, it's amazing really, the whole chapter, but um, in it, God is looking for a person. In Second Corinthians, don't lose your place in Judges, but in 2 Chronicles 16.9 it says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. God is looking everywhere. Why? To show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. God is looking for a man. He's looking for a woman. He's looking for people. He's looking for you and me. You know, when a farmer wants to work in the field, he looks for his hoe, his shovel, his rake, his whatever. But when God looks for something to do, he looks for people. He looks for people. People are his weapons. In this passage in Judges, if you read the first ten verses of Judges chapter 6, you'll get the background of the story. But let me just share a little bit about it. In, in the land of Israel, Judges ruled. And during this time, <clears throat> they were not very obedient to God. And because of that, the Midianites were given uh, the ability to rule over them, to harass them, to bother them. In verse 5, this verse kind of sums up those first 10 verses. For they would come, that would be the Midianites, they would come with their livestock and their tents. They would come in as numerous as locusts. Both they and their camels were without number. And they would enter the land to destroy it. Whenever... Israelites planted a crop, they'd come and steal it. They'd take away everything Israel had. And the, Israel, the people in Israel were afraid. And 
God is in the midst of it, but God is looking for a man. And so in verse 11, you find this phrase. It says, Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree that was in Orpha, which belonged to Joash, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midians. God was looking for a man, and that man was Gideon. You know, God has no other weapons to fight with except for men and women. In Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30, it says, I sought for a man. He didn't say, I'm looking for an angel, or I'm looking for more money, I'm looking for something else, or what to do. He said, I'm looking for a man, that he should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me in the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. How about in this generation? Who is God going to find today? Remember this. People are the method of God. You, did I say you? Well, I did mean you. You are the method God wants to use to solve the challenges in the world today. You are the method. And if you're ready, say, here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. You are the method God is looking for. You are the weapons and the machinery that God is using to change the country, to, ch to, to deal with political and social and, and financial and all the problems of the world. It's people. God is looking for people. He's looking for men and women. They are, your, they are his method. Will you make yourself available to him? Will you make yourself available to him for your family? for your city, for your community, for the country? If you will, say, Lord, I'm here. I make myself available. Lord, I'm willing to be used by you. Here I am, Lord. If you're ready, God is ready to use you. Do you know, when God finds a man, he begins to shape him. You know, the best gold comes out of the fire. <laughs> the best diamonds come out of pressure and the best men come out of the presence of God the presence of consuming fire the consuming fire of God is the atmosphere for human potential to develop nothing unlocks human potential like divine presence in chapter, 12, chapter 6 verse 12 it says now the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him the Lord is with you you mighty man of valor. The appearance of the angel of the Lord released the might of God in Gideon. Every time a person meets God, something comes out of him. The fact is, the treasures that are buried in us are developed in the presence of God. When you, what you carry is unleashed, it's unveiled as you Spend time in the presence of God. You know that there's no, there's no empty human being on the earth. Do you know that? There's nobody that's powerless. But a lot of times we appear powerless because we don't have the presence of God with us. The presence of God unlocks the potential of man. It unlocks your potential. Think about Jacob. He had a lot of potential inside of him. 
But it wasn't until he encountered the Lord when he came face to face with God and he wrestled with God that Israel came out. In Genesis chapter 32, 28, it says, Your name shall be no longer called Jacob. In the middle of that fight, he says, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but you are Israel because you have struggled with God and men and have prevailed. Think about Moses. He spent 40 years in the desert tending sheep. Not too, not too glamorous. But then he came to face to face with God and God unleashed his potential and he became a deliverer of a nation. Think about David. He was tending sheep in the field and he was forgotten by his father when Samuel came. And then they brought David into the presence of the Lord with Samuel. And the presence of the Lord changed that shepherd boy into a king. So many stories like that, countless ones really. If you read the Hebrews 11, it's just people all the time encountering God's presence and it changes them. It changes them. Something wondrous, something marvelous happens when you're in the presence of God. In a worship service, in your prayer time, maybe at work or at home, anywhere that you encounter God's presence, when you honor his presence, maybe it's in the wine press like Gideon, when the presence of God comes and says, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. The fact is, you don't know who you are really until you spend time in God's presence. You don't know who you are really until the Lord introduces you to you. Gideon was a mighty man of valor, but he didn't know it. He was a victim of oppression and opposition from the enemy, from the Midianites. Great potential was under great pressure because he didn't know who he was. And the reason that you're running away from what is meant to be running away from you is because of that oppression, because you don't really know who you are. Judges 15 and Chapter 6, 15 and 16 says, So he said unto him, O my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as if there was only one man among them. Wow. Knowledge ends your timidity. The day the Lord sits you down and shares with you his plan and his purpose for you. His blueprint for your life and destiny. The day he sits down and unveils to you the greatness of what he wants to do is the day that, that you stand up in courage and say enough. I'm going to be what God called me to be. Amen. In essence, the angel of the Lord said to Gideon, there's two things to remember. The Lord is with you, and you are a mighty man of valor. It's that simple. Maybe, you, maybe, maybe it's like Jeremiah. He had a similar experience. I like this with Jeremiah in chapter 1. He says, God says to him in verse 5, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. 
I ordained you as a prophet to the nations. And then in verse 6, Jeremiah responds. He says, oh Lord God, behold, I can't speak. I'm just a youth. Hmm. Jeremiah thought of himself as just a child, unable to do what God called him to do. And then in verse 7, the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am a youth. For you shall go to all whom I send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms, to root out, to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. The man who said he was a child, God said, I'm going to reorientate your life because you're not a child. Pause for a moment and say to yourself, Lord, show me who I am. In verse 18, God continued in the first phrase of that verse. He said, for behold, I made you this day a fortified city, an iron pillar. So you're not a child. God says you're a city, a fortified city. God was introducing Jeremiah to Jeremiah. He said, you call yourself a child, but you don't really understand I made you a city. When God reveals to you, you, it changes everything. It changes everything. Every appearance that we make before the Lord moves us to a different dimension. In Psalm 87, 4, it says that you go from strength to strength, increasing the victorious power, each of them appearing before God in Zion. Or in First Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians chapter 3, says but we all with unveiled faces <clears throat> behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord we are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as from the spirit from the Lord the spirit every appearance before the Lord every time we come into his presence it moves us from one dimension of strength to another it builds us up one dimension of glory to another so, what does that say? It says, get in his presence. Get in his presence. Take every opportunity that you have to get in his presence. In fact, don't just go in his presence and come out. Stay there. Live there in his presence. Because the reality is a person who prays or prays, praises or, or comes into the presence of the Lord for a few minutes a day, he exists as a powerless Christian. Or the one who just reads his Bible for a minute or two a day, he exists defeated and weak. But everyone who appears, and that word is in the sense of a continuous, present tense, before God. Hmm. He goes from strength to strength. He moves from one level of power to another. He goes from glory to glory. When the present becomes your residence, then your strength becomes unbeatable. Amen? You know, the word says, even youth shall fail and be weary, and young men shall utterly fail, but they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. Take this to heart. You are more than you think you are. Hmm. God's revelation of who we are wakes us up and causes us to walk 
with an unusual degree of audacity and authority mm. receive the grace to step into that realm in Jesus name in verse 13 of Gideon chapter 6 I mean Judges chapter 6 it says Gideon said to him oh my Lord if the Lord is with us then why has all these things happened to us where are all the miracles which our fathers told us about saying did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt but now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Gideon was asking a question, but when he finished, God didn't answer. Instead, he said, You're a mighty man of valor. You're a mighty man of valor. Go in this thy might. You understand that there's no... Let me say that again. With no revelation, there's no anointing. The absence of light brings a shortage of might. Right? No revelation, no anointing. It's as simple as that. Revelation, God speaking to you in his presence is the secret of manifestation. The secret of him moving in us. The higher the degree of revelation, it produces the higher degree of manifestation. A higher degree of revelation in the realm of healing brings a higher degree of healing, anointing. A higher degree of revelation in the realm of power brings a new level of power. A higher revelation in the realm of finances brings a greater dimension of financial and supernatural provision. It takes... Um, where you are now is where the light you have has permitted you to be if you want to go further you need more revelation and you need to speak you need to, to um, I don't want to say that you need to pursue God in that sense say Lord talk to me speak to me show me what you want. In Deuteronomy 29, 29, it says, The secret things belong to the Lord, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that by that we may do all the works of the law. This means it can't be released to you unless it's been revealed to you. What's been revealed to you determines what can be released to you. What you know of God determines what God can do with you. In Daniel 11.32 it says, For people that know their God, they shall be strong and do exploits. Move in the deeper, deeper dimensions of his word. In his presence and in his word are where the power and the anointing are. Move into those deeper dimensions of his word. Hmm. You know, you are the one that you've been waiting for. true Judges 6.14 then the Lord turned to him and said go in this might of yours and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites have I not sent you maybe we could think about how Gideon might have responded to God he might have said Lord we heard how you used Moses and oh we wish there was another Moses today 
to lead us. We heard how you led Joshua and how he commanded the sun and the moon and they stood still. Oh, how we wish that another Joshua was alive today. We heard of Deborah and her mighty acts. We heard of all kinds of mighty deliverers. Where are they? And God said, you go in this I might. You know what God is saying to Gideon? He's literally saying, you are the one that we have been waiting for. God was saying to Gideon, you are the Moses of this generation. You are the Joshua of today. You don't need to look in the past. Because I'm the God of the now. Mm-hmm. I'll, not be, I'll not be any more powerful tomorrow than I am today. That's good, don't you think? So I'm not going to be any less powerful either. The power you saw in Moses has not been reduced. The power that you saw when I stood the sun, when the sun stood still with Joshua, it's the same power I have today. Gideon, you are the answer to the question you're asking. Go and become the solution to the problem that is troubling you. You might ask, well, when will we see the man that is able to release millions to facilitate the work of the gospel all over the world? Or when when will we see the evangelist who is able to save multitudes of multitudes, that's a hard word, multitudes of people worldwide? Who's going to care for the widows and the orphans? When will we get a godly president? But God is saying, you are the answer to the questions you are asking. Stop recounting history. Make it instead. You say, God, send us a man like Smith Wigglesworth. And God says, you are the Smith Wigglesworth that you've been talking about. God is saying it's time for you to move history into reality. When you say, where are all your works, God? He says, you are the work. You are. You are among the famous people in history that you've been talking about. He's saying you are today's history maker. You are today's world changer. You are today's John Wesley. Hmm. You are today's Esther. You are today's Deborah. You are the Gideon of today. You are. Don't waste your time. Stand on your feet and move. If it doesn't, if it doesn't, if this doesn't revolutionize their mentality, I don't know what will. It's not, it's not, you're not in this location for decoration. It's not when famous people come to town like Billy Graham or Reinhard Bonnke or anybody else you might name. Realize that you are not positioned at this location for for decoration. You are here for such time as this. The tomorrow that you are waiting for starts today. That's what God told Gideon. He said, you might be looking forward to a time when the things you heard about in the past will start again. Well, I'm here to tell you that now is the time. It has started. And it starts with you. So go in this thy might and defeat the Midians. Maybe it looks like Gideon was trying to say, to, visit, to wait until God said, okay, Gideon, I understand. There's somebody I've raised up. There's a man that I've got in hiding. I've been working on him. 
And I know, I just want you to know that I'm going to bring him out when time is right. I just want to give you this as some information for your benefit. But it wasn't what God said. What God is saying, I'm looking for people who will step in right now. I'm looking for people who will go in this thy might. God is saying, you are the one to do what you were expecting me to use someone else to do. Let me say that again. You are the one to do what you were expecting me to use someone else to do. So don't wait for someone to come where you live and pray for people or raise the dead. No, you lay your hands on the sick. Speak healing over them. Speak freedom over them. Speak life over them. Because you carry the same fire, the same Holy Ghost fire as the greatest person on the planet. You carry it. Say, I carry it. Uh, Say it like you believe it. Amen. You are the one for your family. You are the one for your city. You are the one that you're looking for. The who you are waiting for is you. The time you are waiting for is now. God is waiting on you. Your generation is waiting on you. You are waiting on you. So, let's go. Go in all in all this thy might. Be what God has called you to be in this day. Just like he said to Gideon, Gideon, you're a mighty man of valor. Go in this thy might. Defeat the Midians. He's calling you to do the same thing. Not the Midianites, but what you're facing. Be the victor. Be the one who says, God is on my side and I will not be defeated. Amen? Amen. Let's stand together. Father, I just pray that you would stir our hearts, that you would would cause us to seek your face, to seek your word, and to go in all that you've called us to be and do. Lord, don't let us sit back and say, I'm waiting for someone. I'm waiting for the the great person. I'm waiting for this or that. Say, God, I'm here and I'm ready. I'm, I'm, I'm wanting you to send me deposit of God is coming upon you right now. Lift up your hands and receive what he's giving you. Today is the beginning of a new realm of grace and manifestation. In Jesus' name, the might of God in you is triggered into release in Jesus' name. May God reveal all he is depositing you and through you to the world. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Go in this thy might. Go in this thy might. Put your hand in your heart this morning. The Lord bless you and keep you. 
The Lord make His face shine upon you. The Lord be gracious unto you. Lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Go in His grace and go in all this thy might. 